Welcome back to the Miss Adventure podcast. And we are here today with a special guest, mm-hmm. Marsha Samuel. Welcome. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for Mary being here, Marsha. This is awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. So, Marsha, you are the author of the travel blog Wanderlust for One. Is yes. that right? And mm-hmm. so um, you are here today as our expert solo traveler. Oh, today. I wouldn't call myself an expert, Chandler. I think I you're think an you're... expert of your own experience. I right? am. I am an expert of my own experience. And I do love solo travel. And I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I actually started the blog is because I remember my very first solo travel experience. It was kind of like me kind of kicking in screaming kind of getting dragged into it almost <laughs> and I ended up having the best time it was the most fulfilling experience in fact one of the top experiences of my life and I kind of just wanted to number one share what solo travel is like from my perspective and two just really kind of encourage and empower people especially women to just kind of like you know what it's really not that bad it's actually kind of awesome yeah you should try it so yeah that's, yeah. that's what the blog is all about so it's super exciting to be here thanks for having me oh of course I, I know that we've talked Mary and I had a whole podcast about this, about traveling alone versus traveling mm-hmm. in a group, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's still this idea of, and I still hear this because I do a lot of solo travel as well, yeah. and I still, there are still people who ask me like, oh, are you traveling all by yourself? And I'm like, are you kidding? I'm so excited about <laughs> like, this. There's always that note of like kind of sadness <laughs> right. for you. And I'm like, Katie, don't you have any you friends? You don't understand. I've been waiting for this the whole <laughs> right. year. I'm like, are you kidding? I have my playlist of stuff my husband hates. Right? <laughs> all the snacks that I want to eat that I like, you know, no one's going right? to judge me for because there's no one here. Right. One of the things I love about traveling alone is like I've always hated, okay, I grew up, when we were growing up at least, I'm a little older than the both of you, um, you know, you got your textbooks for college and sometimes you had to buy the used textbook and there were like someone else's notes in the margins and I was just like, oh gosh, now I have this person's thoughts polluting kind of what I'm about to read. <laughs> and I feel that way about travel. Like when you're traveling with somebody, you're kind of also seeing it through somebody else's lens. Oh yeah. And oh, there's just something just so pure about traveling by yourself. I kind of think it's just kind of like, the original kind of way of traveling is just kind of being a- alone in a place. I yeah. think that's just something fundamental about that to me. And you have the chance to kind of make your own impression of the place before there's nobody else in the car with you exactly. being like, oh, what a dump. Or like exactly. where I might be thinking like, this is this amazing. amazing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there's time to just go explore something that no mm-hmm. one else would be interested in or yeah. you'd have to have a conversation about it with whoever yeah. you're yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to do that. You just do it. And, and it's yeah, liberating. Even when you're like traveling with someone else and you're trying to compromise. Okay, so we'll go to do this for a few hours and then we'll do this. Right. Whereas sometimes you go, like in my experience, I've you know been like one of the places that I always think about is the very first time I kind of had a very small sample of solo travel. I went to Sacramento. I was going on a backpacking trip in, I believe it was, oh, Tahoe National Forest. Oh, nice. And I got to Sacramento about a day early and I just kind of like went to Old Town Sacramento ended up spending the entire day in California State Railroad Museum I am not even interested in trains or (laughs) any of that but I went in and it was just so fascinating to me I just ended up spending the whole day I rode the little train they have there and it was just such a great day and I loved it and that was like my first taste of solo travel even though I was meeting up with a group later but it was just like this is amazing I don't have to compromise with anyone you mean if I wanted to stay I can yeah what is this you can totally change the plan and I, I do that too. Like I tend to be kind of an over planner, uh-huh. but sometimes the plan just goes right out the window because yeah. it's like, actually this place is too amazing. I can't, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. just spend an hour in here. Leave. Right? I've got to rewrite the day. Yeah, and- Absolutely. 
I can just totally mess up. Yeah. I can yeah. go the wrong direction for a little while yeah. and not feel guilty about it because well, I led the entire troop the wrong way. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, nobody saw it. Yep. And yet uh-huh. I find something amazing. We will never speak of this again. <laughs> right, right. Like I love just not having that pressure of having yeah. to plan the perfect trip or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great things too is just like even in the planning process, just you can choose all of the weird, random, <laughs> oh, like, yeah. obscure things. You're like, okay, I kind of want to go see stuff. the jolly green giant statue in yes. I think we have already talked about that on this very oh podcast. My God. I totally I have a drawing it. of like looking up his skirt. I have a picture of myself just kind of standing in front of it making the same kind of nice. akimbo like, pose. Like, yes, I am so the jolly good. green giant except totally. that I'm five foot two. And it's okay. really funny. <laughs> I know. I love, I mean, just oh, oh, so great. I love that you've been there. That makes me so happy. I know. Me it's too. just like <laughs> when I was planning my road trip, I think I've talked to you guys about the um, cross country road trip, solo road trip that I took um, many years ago. I drove from New Jersey to Seattle, and that was one of the stops that I made. And uh, just like getting to see all of these weird, yeah. awesome things that I never would have seen any other way. Yeah. I mean, no one flies oh. to Blue Earth, Minnesota. <laughs> no, exactly. Right? I don't think you can fly to Blue Earth. Like, I don't even not. know where the probably Mankato is the nearest right. airport mm-hmm. and that like I don't even know what you do like yeah. no one's gonna fly in somewhere rent a car mm-hmm. and then drive another hour to go see the Jolly Green Giant for but, sure right. but that's what road trips were built yeah, for absolutely when you're traveling and especially when you're traveling solo and especially when you're traveling solo and doing the whole road trip thing it's just like there are so many just discoveries waiting for you and you have the freedom to explore them or not explore them right. at will it's just there's something so refreshing about that it's it's an opportunity that you don't really ever get to have in your daily life because there's always something that you need to be doing for someone else whether right. it's you know at your job or in your family or something, there's always these expectations on you. But when you're traveling solo, those expectations kind of go right out the window. You can yep. choose to just follow your plan or not. And it's fine either way. It's yep. great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am um, in the middle of planning my next big road trip right now. I'm going to drive to New Orleans because there's a show that I'm, there's going to be a show of my work there. And, um, you know, it's one of these, why fly when I could drive? And I'm planning the most just ridiculous, like it is not anywhere close to a straight line. I should draw it on a map for you. It is stupid. It is hilarious. <laughs> but it's all like, I'm basically connecting the dots between places that I have been near before, but haven't been able to see the actual destination. So like a lot of times you'll be in a really remote area and you have to choose between like, okay, I only have time for one detour today. So I do point Mm -hmm. A or point B. Mm -hmm. So this is where I'm like picking up all of the point Bs that I Mm -hmm. missed over the years. So (laughs) it's so random. Yeah. So on the way down, I'm going to go to Spiral Jetty because I've, I've tried to go there before, but it was in the winter and the road was not passable. It was a, it's an earthworks art installation from the seventies on the Great Salt Lake. So cool. And then I'm going to go see the the flour mill from Footloose, which is just right outside. Stop. Are you kidding yes. me? The Lehigh Roller Mills is still there. It's right outside of Provo, Utah. Stop. And I've like passed by like within a mile on the freeway so, so many funny. times and I've mm-hmm. never stopped and by yeah. God, I'm going. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's all stuff like that. It's, uh-huh. it's and, really funny. And I, I think I think part of why I never went in the past was because I was always with somebody else and it mm-hmm. was like that was never the priority. But right. I can make that my priority yeah. now. Uh-huh. Sometimes it takes longer to explain why you want to do something than just, just go do, do it. it. Yeah, absolutely. Be like, hell yeah, I went to the Footloose 
place where they had the prom. What? <laughs> Why not? Hello. Yeah. If that's like, you know, one of the things you're interested in, I love having that freedom to say, yeah, I'm interested in this thing that's kind of obscure, but you know, by God, yeah. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. yeah. Do you aim Fantastic. for anything? Do you have like a scavenger hunt approach to exploring new places? Oh gosh, you know, no. Uh, sometimes I actually intentionally try to get lost a little mm. bit. I think not terribly lost because I have a horrible <laughs> sense of direction as you guys found out this morning. Oh. <laughs> but um, that was your yeah. fault. That was not your fault. That was purely that was to the hideous road construction oh and changing the exit number. That was but, just wrong. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of like sometimes just like driving and just seeing what I find. I guess the most scavenger hunt esque thing I would do is just kind of seeing what I find. Yeah. You know, not really expecting to find anything. Just like, okay, I know. And usually my road trips are like, I need to be somewhere or I want to explore this part of the country. I'm just going to go and see what I find. Like last year, early last year. So I've been going to California Central Coast for, I want to say the last, you know, about six years. I've been there about four times. And every time I go, I do know like there's one thing I'm going to do. I love the Thursday night market in San Luis Obispo. I go hmm. every year. I always plan that trip around the Thursday night. That is going in my book because of you really I've never been there on a Thursday night so I didn't know about it oh my gosh so I rewrote that part of the book because of what you told me oh so, my gosh that's, yeah that makes me so happy it's yeah. one of my favorite things and I, I can't explain why but beyond that like sometimes I just kind of like okay I'm going to be driving down one maybe I'll take a side road I took highway 46 through Paso Robles yep it was gorgeous yep I had no idea what I was going to find I went to Cambria the most charming little town. Totally. They actually, I think it's called, uh, it's on Wednesday mornings. There are all of these artists just kind of like set up shop around like on little street corners all throughout the town. On Wednesday, they're sketching, they're painting, they're, you know, doing charcoal and they call themselves the Wednesday regulars. Nice. And it's just like, I had not, I had no idea about them. I had no idea about this tradition. And just to kind of go and find that. Oh, I mean, I don't know if there's anyone else who would find as much pleasure in that sort of thing, like someone, anyone that I know. So it's always interesting to be able to do things like that and just kind of like follow my bliss in a way. Yeah, and yeah. you're the boss of what gets on the itinerary. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or, or or just is serendipitous. Yeah. And I, I tend to plan a lot, mm-hmm. but no matter how much I plan, there's yeah. always stuff like, what? I didn't know yeah. this was here. Mm-hmm. Or... Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, like, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I love the travel planning process. Yes. It's like yeah. finding out what the possibilities mm-hmm. are. There's just something enchanting about like this whole world of possibilities that opens up to you. But just kind of being in the moment and like, what do I feel like? Do I feel like this thing that I planned on doing or this other thing that I kind of heard about, but I'm not even sure about? And that's kind of how I ended yeah, up yeah. in Cambria. Huh. I was going to go back to Hearst Castle. I love Hearst Castle. It's yeah. in San Simeon. I love going there. It's just something so kind of opulent and ridiculous it about it. Redonk. It's redonk. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's just, wow. It's almost obscene. It's right. so it over is. the top. Like. It is. And I was planning to go to Hearst Castle, but I was just like, you know what? I've been there before. Have you been, been to Nitwit Ridge? No. It's in Cambria, Cambria, however you See, say it. See, another place that I haven't discovered it's yet. It's like a poor man's Hearst Castle. It's like the town <laughs> garbage collector from the 50s, like, what? built his own, like, Hearst Castle. You're in kidding me. It's like out of, like, broken Stop. bottles and trash and, like, like yeah. Yeah. You, okay. Next time you're there, you gotta next go. Next time. That's yeah. fantastic. And that's the cool thing, right? Like, and I wrote about this on my blog recently about, you know, revisiting places. Yeah. Like, even when you've been to a place, like, four or five times, you're still, you still have the opportunity to discover new things. Yeah. Because when you think about it, like, you're a different person than you were when you did mm-hmm. visit it the yep. last time. The place has changed since you went the last yep. time. Even your mood changes right. and determines what, you know, right. your experience is going to be like. Right. There's so much richness in places. And I always kind of take 
take a little offense with people who like have these travel bucket lists and they want to visit every country in the world. I'm like, like you know how what? can you possibly get yeah. to know a country you if you're couldn't. there for five it's minutes? It's like running yeah. through Taking the Louvre and yeah, marking right? off each yeah, room. Yeah, I've seen it and I'm yeah. done. Like, no, like, and it's one of the reasons why I keep going back to some of these places because there's still so much to yeah. discover. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and you just, you're, you're, the way that you absorb it is just so different each time. Like, totally. Oh man, the world is just so full and yeah. I'm so ready to just like explore yeah. and just, I want to go do things that require me to work a little bit and find the beauty and find the interest. That to me is a worthwhile use of my time while yeah. I'm traveling. Or sometimes there's a way to do those things in a different way. Exactly. Like the thing, that's, the example I always use is um, the Sistine Chapel. And the Sistine Chapel, if you go there with the tourists, it is one of the worst experiences. I had a horrific experience it is a horrible in the Sistine place. Chapel. Oh my it was gosh. the worst experience on it's my entire trip to Italy. little room, Ugh, and if you're in down. there with 500 tourists, it, was, it is miserable. And the guards are barking at everybody. Yeah. It's, oh. it's terrible. Yeah. It felt it felt degrading. Yeah. Like it was the yeah. worst experience. But yeah. anyway, I have been alone in that room six times. What? Six times. It helped that I lived in town well, so yeah, I could go whenever I wanted. That <laughs> yeah. would help. But However, like oh. when people come to visit me, I'm like, we are going to the Sistine Chapel. Oh, and they're like, no. no. And I'm like, yeah, no, there's a way to do it. And I think the secret may be out. So it may be hard to do this now, but there's like one or two days a week that they open at seven in the morning and you can queue up like a half an hour ahead of time. So you got to get up at the crack of dawn and you're in line at like 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. But then you get your tickets. And the thing is, like like many museums, they want you to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you do what they tell you to do, you get to the Sistine Chapel at the end with everybody else. Right. But there's no rule that says you have to do it that way. <laughs> yeah. So the Sistine Chapel is a half a mile from the entrance. That's how mm-hmm. big the museum is. If you get in when they open... And you go straight there. You can always loop back and see everything else later. If you mm-hmm. go straight there, I've even run. They're not supposed to run, but I've totally done it. <laughs> oh, Chandler. I know. I even have like one time I ducked under. There's like They want you to do this loop-de-loop through a Raphael fresco room. And I've, I like ducked under the loop and the guard caught me. <laughs> but my Italian was good at that point, And I sweet-talked him. I'm like, this is my friend. He's visiting from Greece. He's never seen the Sistine Chapel. I promise we're going to come back to this room. And he's like, okay. And he like held up the rope for us. <laughs> yeah. So good. And you have to go downstairs into the thing. But if you go there first, like do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars, uh-huh. you'll get fifteen to twenty minutes alone in the room. Oh, that's awesome. That's and it's amazing. Totally worth it. That's awesome. I mean, it's a totally to different experience. Yeah. Like there's okay, I need to cleanse my palate. You're, you're not like getting Chapel. jostled by random like it's yeah. it's amazing. And you really are like, okay, I get what the fuss uh, is about. And yeah. I had, when I was there, when I lived there, they had just restored it. So it was like vivid colors and they left a couple of corners to show you yeah. how bad it was. Right. Like it was yeah. like black. Um yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah. Like this otherwise horrible experience. Mm-hmm. Like there was a way to do it so that it's memorable and spiritual and all yeah. this stuff. And one of my life goals is to see all of the I think it's almost sixty major national parks now. I think they're turning mm. another one into a major yeah, national park. Yeah, I think it's fifty nine right now. It's fifty nine right now, yeah. but I think there's another one in the works. But I want to see all fifty nine of the major national parks. I've not been to many of the national parks in Southern California, so I haven't been to Joshua Tree yet. I haven't been to uh, Death Valley yet. I haven't been to Death Valley, I haven't but been I have, to Kings uh, Ken- yeah. yeah, or or Sequoia National. 
National Park. And so I kind of wanted to do a whole like circuit of or those like parts. Pinnacles. I haven't been. To, you haven't been to Pinnacles. You know how hard it is to get to Pinnacles. I know it is hard. I know it's like right there. You can like practically see it, and you I can't know, get, get there. In. I know. I know. I eventually was able to because I'm down in Central Coast so sure, often. I was sure. able to make it happen. But like in order to go to Death Valley, you have to go at a very specific time of the year. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you're going when it is blazing hot. Yeah. Or, right. I mean, and even at night, it gets really super cold. Right. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of like you just have to go at a really, really good time yep. of the year. And I haven't quite figured out what that is. You know, yet, I so. took a I spent a month in California last year, and it was April, and I went to Joshua Tree, and it was great. I got there, I stayed in Twenty Nine Palms, and then got up at sunrise and was done. I was on the other side of the park by like noon. Wow. So I wasn't there at the hot part of the day mm-hmm. and it was April. So it only got up to about 85 mm-hmm. or it was like the high desert, like the high desert part of the park is totally different from mm-hmm. the bottom. So if mm-hmm. you go from North to South, it gets hotter and hotter and harder because oh, wow. you're, you're headed huh. towards yeah. the low mm-hmm. desert. But so by the time I got out to the Southern end, it was like 90 degrees because they were in the low desert, yeah. but it actually was pretty manageable. And I was there in April. So everything was blooming. Nice. So I would recommend actually April's their most popular month. So if you do it, yeah, book ahead for sure for lodging or whatever. Yeah. But it's I would recommend then. It's yeah. great. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. I'm looking forward to it. One of these days, it's gonna happen. It's and then you can get when you're done. You can like go down the southern end and then stop in like Indio and get a date shake. Ooh, like you can like a date shake. It's the thing because they have all these date farms down there because it's like the only part of the U.S. where dates can grow. Cause it's really, big, really, really hot weather. Uh huh. And they make milkshakes with dates and it's and shields a, date garden i'm telling are you are they good are they so are good. they thing okay i think i'm gonna have to try that and it's someday. like five bucks and it's massive and you can't possibly finish it uh-huh. but it's it's so good that's awesome <laughs> yeah I especially it. when it's like 90 degrees and oh, you've yeah. just been driving uh-huh. in the desert you're like yeah date shake. so awesome my husband loves camping and i will be the good sport as much as I can but like I can't I can't backpack in like I am not in good enough shape to be like hiking at altitude oh, that's the like whole thing man like you got to be in good shape for that sort of thing and I have never been in good shape and it's always like my backpacking trips are always super sad I always know, so sad. Right? Always, and, it always ends with somebody else carrying my backpack, and I'm like puffing uh, off. Oh, it's just sad. And, plus, and demoralizing. Like, oh. oh, yeah. But I mean, it. one of the great things about backpacking, and one of the things that it taught me really early on, is just like how little we need as a species. Like, yeah. you got your shelter, you get your water, you got your food. I went on a, a group backpacking trip, so I had good company, and like really just kind of distilled life down to like the barest of necessities, and I was so happy. And that yeah. has been an enduring lesson that's just stayed with me. Like, there's really not a lot we need in this and life. And when you can like yeah. distill it down where it's just you and this this yeah. amazing view or whatever. Yeah. There's actually a really great book that my editor actually just gave me a copy of it because like we got extras of these here. Yeah. And it's called the, A Woman's Guide to the Wild. Uh-huh. It was published in Seattle and it's this little paperback. But it's really useful because you know it talks about how like most of the outdoorsy books they're written by men. Yeah. 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 Men don't think about that stuff. Right. And yeah. have a specific set of needs. Yeah. Everything yeah. like how to deal specific. with like not your hair not being a rat's nest uh-huh. by the end of it or like how to pee outdoors or, I mean, when you're a lady honestly, and like, knock it all over your shoes one of the coolest things I've seen is actually I think it was in the REI blog or something like that talking about like you know bears and like if you're a woman and you have your period and yes mm. I'm talking about periods because we need to get over the it's whole period it's called misadventure right the, well, yeah well, for ladies. even that like even if there's a guy out there listening it's a period you're gonna be okay they it's happen. fine they happen <laughs> they're part of life like what is it like to be a woman having your period out in the woods like I remember thinking oh god suppose I get my period and there's a bear and they smell it and 
like, oh my gosh. And apparently, and, according to this book, like that is largely a myth because yeah. like it's no yeah. like smellier to animals than like sweat or food or deodorant or anything else. I know. But there's this whole huh. myth about it and like people like the guys who are writing every other outdoors book that they're so they just, squeamish they about it. They don't even get, they don't even touch on that. Right. So you don't know. You're just an ignorant. They're like, well, well, if we I'm have to take a girl on our trip, she's just going to get eaten by a bear anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not responsible right. for what happens. Well, that's the whole thing. Like as a woman, like, oh my gosh, so I'm, I might have my period at that point. Like, can I even go on this trip? Right. Like, yeah, you can you still can go, go on this trip. There's, it's going to be okay. Yeah, there's huh. a whole chapter in that book about that's how to awesome. deal with that. I and love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. There needs to be more talk about that. I know because it's like we get to go out. Well, I'm still going to be like booking the B and B. Yeah, just um, (laughs) yeah. You know, you're talking about revisiting a place, and I'm a big revisitor. I'm a big movie rewatcher. I'm a big book rereader. Me too. Yeah, and I know people who never revisit, never reread, never Mm -hmm. rewatch. And I feel like there's so much more richness to be Mm -hmm. found. And yeah, like you're talking about the Central Coast. It took me four visits to Carmel to not hate it. No. <laughs> I hated Carmel like the first three times I went. Seriously? I'm like, what is everybody talking about? This looks, in fact, the first time I went, I was like, I was really grumpy because I was tired and I was kind of getting sick and, uh-huh. you know, the weather was not good. Yeah. And I was like, this town looks like a Thomas Kincaid painting. And just as I thought that, I turned around and the Thomas Kincaid gallery Stop. was behind me. And I'm like, I rest my case, people. And there, of course, I was traveling alone, so there was uh-huh. nobody there to get my I brilliant know. joke. <laughs> but, but then I discovered, like, it took years to, to discover this, but then I discovered the, like, the Comstock cottages that were there and this whole idea of the artist colony and then people building their own homemade fairy town houses. Story. You went I found the, the story. Facade and it took found the four story. visits. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I get it now. I totally get it Absolutely. Yeah. So you keeping drawn to the California coast, can you foresee a time that you do not want to go back? Not any time, not anytime soon. Really? So I went to private school. And I only say that because, you know, some of the, the students I went to school with, their families were pretty well off. Yep. And they would always talk about, oh, yeah, we're going to Disneyland. And it's in California, you know. And this is, you know, growing up oh, in New Jersey. Oh, have you heard of California? Have you heard of California? <laughs> and I would just be like, what the heck is so great about California? I mean, have you been to Europe? You know, I would just kind of yeah. like, I mean, I hadn't been to Europe at that point. Like, have anyway, fun at Disneyland. Like, I'm going to France. California, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, my, the first time I went to California um, on my own, the first time I went to California, I went to L.A. with a group. And that was miserable. Of course. Yeah, and that's I just, like the I worst way to yeah. explain. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, no, yeah. the second yeah. time I went to California was, I think, that trip to Sacramento and experiencing it by myself. Yeah changed the game for me totally something about california i mean again i went to california like three or no twice or three times last year it's kind of ridiculous i don't know what it is about that state they talk about the california mystique it really it's a real honest to goodness it's thing, a thing. <laughs> it yeah. is a thing yeah like whether it's la i keep i took a day trip to san francisco i actually flew down from seattle to go to san francisco just for the day for pleasure and i had a blast i remember doing it. when you did that, that idea. i remember yeah. when it was like on instagram maybe and yeah. you were like why not I'm just doing it mm-hmm. yeah and and why not why I right? mean you could people take day trips to all kinds of places right? I mean it's not really that different 
yeah, to it take really a day isn't. trip to Seattle versus a day trip to San Francisco. Like, why yeah, not? it was like two hours. And I was just like, okay, why the heck not? And I spent yeah. a glorious, I want to say I was there for almost like 10 hours. And I got to, you know, explore the waterfront. And I went out to Land's End, which I'd never been to before. And absolutely, it was like my favorite part of the whole trip. It hmm. was just so enchanting. There's a Legion of Honor Museum that's The Legion there. of Honor is my favorite oh. museum in that town. Oh my gosh. And nobody like, knows about it because it's right? like tucked it's, away it's, yeah. back up in there. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been to San Francisco quite a few times at this point, but I'd never kind of done that area. And again, going back to the whole like revisiting destinations, everyone should do it. If you like love a place, go back and find out what it is that makes that place so yeah. great to you. I mean, that will just kind of enrich and deepen your experience. Yeah. I really feel that. I yeah. really, really do believe that. You know, most of us, we go and, you know, of course, Instagram, we've, you know, got to do it for the ground. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we go, we kind of find those great shots and we take the photo. But when you travel to a place, Chandler, and you're looking at it through the eyes of an illustrator, you're finding like details that most of us aren't looking for. I can imagine like you will really notice when those details change from year to year when you go there. So yeah, I mean, like, oh, there used yeah. to be a manhole cover right, right there. It was so awesome. I that. Yeah, like, I know, exactly. Yeah. And then people are like, okay, what are you? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you say that, but you know, you talk about like seeing things that maybe other people don't see. When I travel with my husband, I'm the one noticing the weird manhole covers and he totally doesn't get that. Like he's like, I didn't see that or uh-huh. I wasn't looking at that. Uh-huh. But he is the one, he is hearing snippets of conversation and accents and things that I totally am not listening to because yeah. I'm focusing on something totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll spend the day together and we'll have a totally different experience. Huh. And it's really interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So he'll give me this look like, did you just hear that? And I'm like, hear what? And he's like, are you kidding? She was just talking about Joan Rivers and how she was in that, like, or whatever. Stop. Yeah. That is fantastic. So, I've told you our code for that in our house, right? Oh, no. It's called Idahoing. No, you didn't So here's that. what happened. We were standing on the gangway to get onto a plane. And I was trying to get my husband's attention and he was like really short with me, which was unusual. And finally we got a little bit further ahead and he's like, I was trying to listen to the people behind us. They were having a fascinating conversation. So we realized we needed a code. So it's Idaho. So if you need the other person to like either be quiet or also listen, Uh Idaho. Idaho. So we call it Idahoing. Hysterical. I love it. I want to talk about like... Instagram and what it's done to the culture of travel in a way. And I have no problem with Instagram. I love Instagram. It's my favorite social platform. Well, besides Twitter, Twitter's great. Twitter people are amazing. But um, I feel like a lot of people just kind of go and they do it for the gram. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm yeah. going to go and just like, yep. I want to take the picture of the thing that everyone else has taken the picture of. Yeah. Like, yeah. why not go and try and find something original, something yeah. that no one else has seen? Go and exercise your creative muscles a little bit and find something in a place that's totally unlikely and find the beauty and the interest in it. And that's what I love. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. gosh. There's something you mentioned on your blog about how you turned off your browser's ability to show images I did. when you were doing research. And yes, I, this blew me brilliant. away. Oh my gosh. You went really deep into like, the blog. That's that when I went to Savannah like years and years ago. I wanted to be surprised. Yeah. Like I didn't want, like, yeah, I was happy to know like, okay, well, this is what you did and this is what you should expect. I mean, as a solo travel, you kind of want to go in with a little, exp- you know, a little knowledge. You don't want to just go in blind. But I kind of just wanted to like not even see what other people had seen. And, and just what kind a great of choice in. for that too. Like, right? like I still haven't been to Savannah, but I, I've been to Charleston, which is nearby. And it is so beautiful. Like right? 
the, I can't even like that'd be so amazing to have have that be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? I love the like, idea of not yeah. even knowing what it's, this famous building or this particular right, thing exactly. that you know, like you what, really get to see it. Yeah, with you new get the eyes. full brunt of the, I know. the uh, first exposure. Mary, I'm impressed. You did your research. You went <laughs> deep into my blog. That's like I, 2011 really or 10 or something oh, really? like that. Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't know that. Wow. No, I sat with that for a long time, thinking about how much that has influenced where I've been or how I've yeah. felt about something or the pictures that I've taken. Yeah. It actually has kind of, um, I'm, I'm, I again, love Instagram, love seeing other people's photos, love seeing their experience, but it also almost has turned me off from going to like the places that everyone's going to. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. This year, I'm hoping, I've always wanted to travel to France. I started studying French when I was 10 years old. Nice. The first place I ever wanted to go was to France. I've just never been. I was like, you know, this, this should probably be the year I do it. But I think I'm, I'm, probably going to travel to Marseille instead of to Paris no. because everyone you know not that there's anything wrong with Paris I'm not, I love you Paris I've never been but I'm sure I would it's not that there's anything wrong with Paris I I just feel like everyone kind of it's just it's kind of lazy in a way like yeah. oh I'm going to Paris therefore France. I know all about France, France. Right. exactly yeah. I want to experience the other things I want yeah. to you know, experience those non-dominant stories and I think I kind of told you guys kind of jokingly that I like to refer to myself as like the patron saint of like small towns and second cities <laughs> just because like that's really how I feel you like, are uh, so getting a drawing oh really that, oh my that god that needs to oh be illustrated like can I have yeah. an aura yes I kind of feel like I need like one like all like rays <laughs> I know. Out. like yeah. yeah that's really kind of where my heart and mind is and I'm sure you guys have been reading a lot about a lot of international cities are actually kind of beginning to put limits on how many tourists can be there Mm -hmm. like I think Barcelona is one of those cities even I think almost the entire country of Iceland is like okay you know you guys need to chill on coming here Iceland is the new black right Right? now like what is everyone is filming everything there everything and it's just like I kind of feel like it's almost ruining um, the culture in these places because then they're talking about like we can even go into a whole spiel about Airbnb which I have used, I have no problem with. But you know, there's a lot of talk about how Airbnb has even just kind of impacted cities yeah. because a lot of people are just kind of renting out there. Instead of like having people who live there live there, yeah. it's all just kind of like short-term housing, which completely changes the character of a place. But we mm-hmm. can, we won't get into that right now. But I mean, just kind of talking about how like this really big influx of travelers just really kind of changes the look and feel of a yeah. place and what that means. And I think that's why I'm just especially kind of going forward and just where my mind is right now is just going to smaller places that need a little exposure that maybe need some tourism dollars right and just like finding their stories and finding what's great about them because I mean not not for nothing I mean how many people have been to Paris and written about right. Paris but what, are, right. what about all those other amazing places in the world yeah. that nobody's hearing about come right. on people let's just a little variety please I think you know I just had to write about this because I I'm kind of finishing up the writing portion of this book that I'm working on and uh-huh. and I always write I've always, I always write like the intro at the end because for me it's the hardest. Yeah. Oh my God, I hate intros so much. <laughs> like the only thing worse is like the... I love how casually she's talking about I hate but, writing intros to books, plural. I, but I, hate, <laughs> I hate writing intro paragraphs uh-huh. to essays. Mm-hmm. I hate writing like intro sentences uh-huh. to a paragraph. Uh-huh. Like, there's yeah. so much hate, weight. Yes. There's yeah. so much oh weight. God, like the that, blank it's page. Like, I can't. Terrifying. Like, I can't uh-huh. do it. I can't live up to this. So uh-huh. like, so I'm like writing the intro last and it, and it needed to be like my editor was like, we'll just talk about like why, why you travel, blah, blah, blah. And can you also talk about why you love these quirky roadside attractions? And it's, it's that thing. It's like some of these, some of these things are, 
in some places, it's almost like the desperate ploy to get people to come and spend their tourist dollars in, you know, this tiny town in Nebraska or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's a level of sincerity and love behind these things Mm -hmm. that it's not Mm self-conscious. And I love that. Yeah. And it's really hard to put into words. And I feel like, I feel like I owe it to them to go and see what these people have made. And, yeah. and I, and I feel like it's final, like it's kind of becoming cool to mm-hmm. like these things. I mean, I've liked yeah. these things my whole life. Trends and been completely uncool <laughs> for so long, but I think people are finally starting to get it. That yeah. there's, that maybe, maybe we don't go there in an ironic sense to make fun of these, you mm-hmm. know, these, the good people of wherever, Yeah, but there's actually something really to love here. Yeah. And I don't know. Hmm. There's also, but there's also like the the downside of that too, because it, and here's where I'm going to, here's where I'm going to go into like choppy waters a little bit. Like when I'm, I'm sitting here writing about this stuff and I'm, and I, I cannot help but think now all of these things that I love, all of this like Americana and all of these places in the American road trip, this is a nostalgia for an America that was really only accessible to white people. Mm -hmm. And I, it's hard for me to write about now because I know that I'm not, necessarily writing for everybody when mm-hmm. I say those things. Yeah. And when I talk about how cool it is, like, oh yeah, go see the awesome Paul Bunyan statue in Northern California, I would feel perfectly safe going there, mm-hmm. but would everybody? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I worry about that stuff now. And I wonder, you know, like you drove across America mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you were in places like Wyoming or, and I'm not knocking Wyoming, but yeah. I, I can imagine that there probably were some places where maybe you didn't feel comfortable. Was that? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I would say that um, it happens quite a bit. I mean, not so much that I feel uncomfortable, but I definitely feel like I stand out. One of the things I try to do um, as a person of color is I try not to bring some of the negative experiences I've had to a new place that I'm visiting because um, I, re- I will always remember and... You know, I hope this does not come out wrong. I remember a few years ago, it was in 2011 maybe, I was planning a trip and I was thinking, oh, I wanted to go to Iceland way before it was cool, just so we're all... <laughs> let the record <laughs> let show. Let the record show. I wanted to go to Iceland. But then as I did more research about Iceland, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be like probably one of like a handful of people of color who are going to be there. And how is that, how is that going to affect me? And, you know, some of the experiences that I've had in the States have been less than positive. And so it's, it's often kind of hard to kind of separate, okay, the experiences that I've had with the experience that I'm going to have and trying to not take the weight of that with me. I'm pretty resilient and I grew up with three brothers. I know how to take an insult like the best of them. (laughs) So um, I, you know, it's sometimes the weight of some of the things that have been said to me or some of the things that I've perceived as a person of color yeah. um, growing up. I try not to carry those with me. I try to give every new place a kind of a fresh shake. Just kind of like, okay, you're coming to me. I'm coming to you. Let's just kind of interact with each other as people and see where we go from there. I really do try to like do that. I know, um, and I think you and I were talking about this maybe last year about, I was doing some reading and I heard about the Green Book. Yeah, um, oh, the, the Green yeah, Guide. So the yeah. Green Guide, yeah. Um, it was basically uh, kind of a travel guide for, for African Americans, I think in the 50s and 60s. It actually started yeah. in the 30s, in the I think. 30s, yeah. yeah, so for listeners who haven't heard of this, it was called the Negro Motorist Green Guide, yeah. and it went from like 1936, I think, to 1966. Mm-hmm. So basically yeah. it stopped in the civil rights era. Yeah, exactly. And it was actually inspired by other similar guides, like for Jewish travelers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. There were, mm-hmm. um, like the, the Borscht Belt is an area in the Catskills in upstate New York where Jewish 
um, resort owners kind of built their own tourist industry yeah. because Jewish travelers were not welcome yeah. at other resorts. I and know. I think the, the Green Guide yeah. stemmed from that. And it was this amazing book that talked about Sun, where the sundown towns were, sundown towns were towns mm-hmm. where people of color were not allowed to be in the city limits after dark. Yeah, after dark. I mean, can you imagine? I cannot imagine that. I, oh, and my I gosh. think, unfortunately, maybe while while they are not a legal entity anymore, I really believe that there are still sundown towns in existence in America now. I think if you were say to travel Route sixty six, my mm-hmm. husband and I traveled the whole length of Route sixty six mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. We saw some really awful stuff disturbing stuff yeah for sure yeah 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 you know and I've not been down there yet I mean there's there are definitely a few places that I've been a little reluctant to to visit and even a few states um oh gosh which is the state that just kind of got a, a warning a travel warning from the NAACP I think it was um Missouri got a oh, wow. travel warning I mean that I mean this is 2018 people yeah. like this should not be happening the number know. of confederate flags that I saw in Arizona mm-hmm. of all places yeah a, a state that not only was not in the confederacy but didn't yeah. exist until 1912 yeah. I yeah. mean it was terrifying and in yeah. fact we got really angry there was yeah. we went to a town Oatman that's a big tourist draw on mm-hmm. 66 we didn't mm-hmm. even get out of the car yeah. we were like this is so upsetting we're not gonna give any money to this yeah. town because I can't believe they have this yeah I do have hope that we can move beyond it, but sometimes it's hard. I mean, it's been, you know, a good almost, you know, 50 years yeah. since, you know, the civil rights movement. Um, and I kind of feel like we're still, you know, it almost feel like right now we're going through like a new civil rights oh movement in God. a way, yeah. right? So, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's just like, how do you, as a person of color, kind of move through the world without kind of imprinting all of the negative experiences you've had on some of the future experiences that you will have. And I really do try to kind of keep my perspective fresh and kind of coming into those experiences. Yes, those experiences have shaped me in a way, but not bringing kind of the weight of it with me. That's actually one of the things that travel and blogging has actually taught me is... Yeah, I can go to a hotel and it could be a bad experience. I might have a bad experience with the front desk clerk, but that doesn't mean it's a bad hotel. Yeah. You know, it just means mm-hmm. the, the front desk clerk was having a crap day and yeah, they were yeah. just, a, you know, kind of a crap person to me at that time. But maybe if I, got, I went to that same hotel on a different day and I got a different front desk clerk and the experience was different, right. then I don't want to just kind of like paint this broad brush, you know, about people or about regions because of the negative experiences I've had in the past. I think that's a mistake too. I think that's a really generous outlook well, to have. I'm a pretty generous person if I may say so yeah. myself, you know. <laughs> I touched on how I first started traveling solo. I was in graduate school at the time and I was looking at the prospect of going on spring break and I was like, I saw this really great deal for a flight from New Jersey to St. John to St. Thomas oh. in the Virgin Islands and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never been there before. So I booked the flight and I like kind of put it out to my friends on Facebook back when Facebook was new because I'm old, you guys. It's old. <laughs> I'm still bitter about You're, Friendster, okay? Right? Like, <laughs> Don't even get me started. Um, And so I put it out there. I was like, you know, I'm going. If anybody wants to come with, you know, no, I got no takers. At that point, many of my friends had started to have kids and, you know, their lives already established so they couldn't really take the time off. Yeah. I even went on a message board and I said, oh, hey, is anybody going to be in St. John the same time I am because I'm going? And like two people were like, oh, yeah, we'll be there. We can meet up. And then at the last minute, both of them totally chickened out or just kind of like dropped out or who knows maybe they weren't even real people maybe they're just like trolls <laughs> they're like Russian feel like yeah. right <laughs> yeah Russian trolls who knows just leave your money in I this know, job right? box like, 
<laughs> and then the night before, I had the biggest, I think I would say remember the only panic attack of my life. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. What am I doing? No, I can't do this. Suppose something happens to me. I'm going to get killed. Like, you know, I had the hmm. biggest panic attack. I seriously spent probably, I want to say a few hundred dollars on my plane ticket. I was like, you know what? It's fine. I'll just, you know, it's $300. I'll just eat the cost. It's fine. I'll cancel my campsite. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I'll waste all this money, but it's fine. And then like that night, as I thought about it, because I'm just that person, I was like, wait, and then I have to tell people that I didn't go because I was scared. <laughs> oh, hell no. Yeah. And so I yeah. got on the train. <laughs> so good. Right. I got on the train to um from my hometown to the airport, got on the flight, landed there. And within almost those first few minutes, I was just like, oh, yeah. Right it's decision. On. Yeah. It is on. And yeah. I've not looked back since. Just, That's you know, so good. Phenomenal. I had a great time. I hitchhiked across the island. Not something I would like recommend to anyone, but I had a great time doing it. And it was just so cool to kind of get, you know, kind of getting a little, little tipsy in bars with strangers. And I remember there was this one couple from Ontario. It was my first trip and I just kind of latched onto them. And in, in hindsight, it was probably Canadians. like, I know, <laughs> I latched onto them. In hindsight, I probably, there was probably like their like romantic getaway or something. And here I was, this gigantic third wheel. But um, it was just like such a great experience. And every time I encounter like other women, you know, while traveling, whether they're not traveling alone or not, they're just kind of like, aren't you, you know, worried something's going to happen to you? Aren't you afraid? And am I? Yes. I feel the fear and I do it anyway. I feel like that's really important. That's yeah. a really important lesson that, you know, traveling solo has taught me is to feel the fear, but do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, don't go and do it if you're like, you, your gut is telling you, okay, something's wrong. Here. Right. That's mm-hmm. something completely different. A lot of my fears are completely irrational. And I'm yeah. like, okay, if this fear is irrational, that's a stupid reason to say, no, I'm not going right. to go. So. And any of those things could happen to you with a companion. Absolutely. You know, like they can you happen can get to me with people. They can happen to me in my own hometown. I, totally. live, you know, I live in a city. I live in a big city. You know, that could happen to me at home. Right. So I should really like, that's one of the things that I, I kind of like really try to take with me is just like, yes. And I mean, I'm, a, I can be a little paranoid sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I can, you know, I've got a very active imagination. I can think of all the ways and all the different things that could happen to me. But at the same time, do I want to be a person whose life is defined by fear and limited by exactly. fear? Exactly. Or do I just kind of want to move beyond well, that? Well, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. The things you always regret are the things you didn't do. Yeah, for you know, sure. You're never going to be like, oh, I shouldn't have taken that trip to St. John's. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no one thinks that. No. Like, right. And I mean knock on whatever this plastic is from Ikea. You know, thankfully to date, nothing really major or tragic has happened to me on my trips, but but I've had misfortunes. Like I've been into, I've been in car accidents on my trips. I've had car trouble. Like mm-hmm. I, a clutch went out on me in Cambria. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And I really? had to like limp back <laughs> over the mountains to like the nearest transmission place in the oh clutch. My gosh. It was a freaking stick shift and I had oh to like gosh. limp over the mountains. Is this too. why you had to get a new car? No, this okay. was years ago. Years ago. Okay. It turned out all it was was a loose bolt, but I okay. didn't know that. I don't yeah. know about cars. Uh-huh. You know, like I've run out of gas. I've been really sick yeah. on the road yeah. alone yeah. with like no one to help me. And yeah. and you know what? Like you you do what you need to do to get through that. Either sometimes you have to cancel some plans. Sometimes you have to alter some plans. Sometimes you have to hole up in a hotel for a couple of days or go yeah. see a doctor in some unfamiliar place. Yeah. And, and then it like you get through it. And then it becomes part of the story. It becomes mm-hmm. this thing that you weathered and made you stronger and made you less afraid for, for next time. Because yeah, it, it stuff does happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't go out your door. Absolutely. Solo travel has enriched me so much. And I feel like when I was younger, I was a really, really shy person, really shy. You know, you, some, you lose some of that with maturity. But I feel like also as I've traveled alone, um, knowing that I've been 
placed into any number of situations and found a way to make it work. That's just something that kind of sticks to your ribs in a way, like it nourishes your soul in a way. It tells you like, hey, you thought you were only capable of this, but ah, you're actually capable of a little bit more. And that's caused me to grow as a person. And that's that's kind of what I want people to get out of my blog. It's like, not just, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, the blog is just kind of all about, you know, destination insights and, you know, practical travel tips and all of that that kind of thing. But I, I think the categories of posts that I write, I love writing the most are the ones I call them thinky posts, but they're really just kind of like, really just thought my thoughts about things and how travel has changed my life and, you know, the experiences I've had and it kind of goes beyond just kind of like, okay, well, you can go do this and eat this and that sort of thing. I mean, there's something about writing about those things that's almost cathartic for me and also just kind of soul enriching and yeah. I love, yeah. So do you travel with a selfie stick or something? Some oh gosh, device? why you used to call me out, Mary? Sorry. <laughs> You know, I do. I actually have to travel with, I have a little tripod that I take with me. It's one of those little flexible tripods. I'm actually going to upgrade soon. But it's really helpful for when you want to take a full body photo of yourself because Mm -hmm. selfies will only get so much of the landscape. And then you get like the arm thing. I know, and you get the weird arm thing and like you have this like big like shoulder joint in the photo and you're like, (laughs) what is this? But yeah, I do travel with a little tripod. It's really helpful. Sometimes it's also just great to have to take a really good picture and, Mm -hmm. you know, really helps with the camera shake and that sort of thing when you're taking a photo. Photos really kind of help encapsulate that feeling I had, that look on my face at that moment of what it was like to be there in that place. I have this one photo of myself in the Hearst Castle overlooking kind of like San Simeon out to the Pacific Ocean. Oh, yeah. And I just remember in that moment how totally enthralled I was being there. The fact that they had to actually escort me off the grounds because they were like, okay, the last bus is leaving. Why are you still here? I was like, oh, sorry. But I was just like, yeah. I just remember that photo, just like the light that was being cast. And it's just something about just having having that that just makes me so happy to have those to come back with yeah you know they hmm. talk about you know souvenirs and that's when they don't really buy souvenirs really I will bring back food oh, but it's mostly yeah. my photos and I, I really do believe in I know people think selfies are so vain but they really I think are a, a pivotal part of how I memorialize my travels well, especially if you're traveling alone mm-hmm. it's it's like if I don't do it if I'm traveling alone there's nobody no one else is gonna like mm-hmm. Yeah, have this record that I'm there. Yeah. The thing about photography for me, and especially while you're traveling, it's so easy to kind of fall into that trap of like, I want to take a picture of everything. And then you let the camera do all the yeah, scene for you. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. I actually try to limit myself to the number of exposures I might have had on a film oh. roll. Like, <gasps> I can only take 36 I or 24 love pictures. That. Like, and I'm okay, like, if breaking out in hives right, right now, thinking really? about that, I don't think I could do it. Really? No, I mean, yeah. I don't know that I could do it, but, but I love that idea. Yeah, like, it's not even the doing of it, but like, kind of kind of placing a limitation yeah. on yourself because I feel like digital allows us to just like take photographs at will mm-hmm. and like what are we really doing with all of those photos most oh of those photos God. just kind of stay in our oh camera my God. you need to see my hard like, drive you'll be horrified <laughs> right? I mean uh, mine is pretty horrific too but I love the idea of just like really limiting yourself and it really kind hmm. of teaches you what's really important like okay am I willing to spend one of my frames on this? I remember That's that so great. really vividly I mean I yeah. remember like my my dad's a talented amateur photographer mm-hmm. and I I was in a dark room for the first time when I was eight so I grew up wow. with this stuff and yeah. I remember like dad like teaching me photography like on these road trips and I would just be like I'll just buy more film he's like okay but yeah like it costs mm-hmm. money to, to yeah. develop mm-hmm. film and Cost, I, yeah you know and I was like using my allowance like all my allowance went to film developing yeah like, basically <laughs> yeah and but like he'd be like okay so is this picture 
worth using one of your 36 exposures yeah. or 24 exposures. Yeah. And then we, he would be like, okay, maybe this is, or, or like you can't, with the limitations of this throwaway camera, you yeah. probably can't capture this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a photo for your mind. And I remember like having oh, this thing like, is huh. this... That's beautiful. But I haven't thought about that in years because mm. now I'm like, oh, I have the power! <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> yeah. So Chandler. Yes, ma'am. Do you have a toast in mind? I think I might. Is there anything before I do? Do you yeah. have anything you want to add or anything you want to? No, I think I am just about all just talked out. This has been so much fun. I'm kind of addicted to podcasting now. You, you guys are... might have to have me back. Yes. We will have Absolutely. you back. You're welcome. You are anytime. Awesome. Oh, yes. Marsha, thank you so much for talking with us today. And yeah. yeah it was a pleasure to hear your stories yeah. and oh your insights. Gosh, thank you. Your blog is fantastic. Yeah, so please thank go you. to Wanderlust for One. Is it wanderlustforone.com? Yes. It is wonderless for one o n e dot com. Yes, please yeah. go. She is such a good writer and such a great photographer. There's there's tons oh of tips my and gosh, insights. You guys, well really info. that makes me feel so great to hear you say that. Thank Aww. you so much. I really have fun with it. Yeah. My blog is technically a hobby, but I kind of almost want to treat it like it's almost like a a a, a thing that I do that's super important and that's more than a hobby. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, may sure. may we all have that magic sauce, whatever it is, mm-hmm. to get back in uh, the. Here's to the magic sauce yeah. this year. All right. Here's all right. To you getting that hitting that deadline here's Thank to you. Australia here's to adventures here's to misadventure and to solo travelers who maybe aren't sure where to start to take that first step out the door absolutely cheers cheers, cheers.